Welcome to this episode of the 9420 podcast, where we talk about the music that we love and the industry that we tolerate. Guess we should let some things go. It's so hard and Talking to go. I don't wanna ask you to stay. A diamond is shaking in there. So I won't let go. You've heard. You've had it all, I 
Welcome to this episode of the 9420 podcast. That was of Sea and Stone with their single, Why Don't You Stay? Hi, Carl and Greg. How are you guys doing? Hello. Thank you, everybody. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Good night. Thank you and good night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this should be an interesting oh, podcast. Yeah. It's like, it was I, the first day. I was like fall outside. But I don't know where you live in, but oh, in New man, York, no, it was actually like nice. in the 50s. Like it was kind of. I think we woke up in day. the. We woke up in the 30s yesterday, and I actually yeah. turned the heat on, so it was It's been nice. really nice, and uh, over the summer, we bought one of these little, um, an inflatable hot tub. You bought an inflatable uh, hot tub? Yeah, and uh, it's called a Salyu Spa, and uh, it's made by Coleman, and we used it a ton in the summer. We had a ball with it. It's really kind of cool, and it, it works great. We were looking for forward to when the weather got chilly to, like, using it like in the cold weather, I can't bring myself to go out there and get in that tub. Uh, even though it's warm, it's a nice 104 degrees. So I have, I have this image of you <laughs> yep. out in the backyard in a blow-up hot tub? Yeah, yep. it's kind of a redneck uh, paradise out there. But it's yeah. 104 degrees. But I can't bring myself to be cold from the 104 temperature to... Inside Where is it, the like house. in the front driveway? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Next to the uh, engine hanging in the tree. In the uh, Yeah. We've done it again. Are we going to talk about uh, this track? I thought that was very enjoyable, actually. A couple notable things. I think that, uh, you know, it's kind of tried and true to use those uh, Hammond organ pads in, in a genre like that. Kind of a singer-songwriter duet, you know, that with that kind of a... Yeah, they sound uh, pretty authentic, pretty like... Yeah, West, you know. that West sensibility, Western sensibility. But I rarely hear the organ played throughout the whole track. And that's what they did there, but it actually, it works. And I think the other thing that works about it is I think they have the vocals positioned perfectly inside the track, which is, that can be a difficult thing to do, so... I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. Where did we find of Sea and Stone? Tell us a bit about them. So we actually found them during our like search a couple of months ago for new music to add to our new Nashville Now Spotify playlist through Music Careers Reimagined. They're from Missouri, right? Yeah, they're from Missouri. They're a married couple. We liked their new single at the time, which was Ordinary Things, and we invited them to be on the podcast, and we are just now being able to feature them. So it's kind of like a full circle cool. type thing. Yeah, Very cool. And they're in Nashville now? 
They're in Nashville now. Um, they tour a lot. They just also released a couple of new singles too. Um, so I think we, I don't necessarily know if we're going to be playing some of their new singles, but we will link all of their music so you can go listen to it. So do we have any topics to talk about or are we just well, going to ramble? So we're going to ramble a little bit, but I think Greg wants to rant. So in the news this week, at least, is that Spotify and the other major streaming services have filed for what is to come to light in the public soon for the new rates that they want to put out for 2020. Well, it's not public yet, so we don't know, but it's for the 2023 to 2027 time period for songwriters and publishers. And I want to know what Greg thinks about at least what's being said so far, since a lot of it's not public. You know, every time I see news about rantings and ravings and flying to Washington to state the case. And, you know, I call them the inside the beltway singer, songwriters, celebrities, you know, and they go up and they talk to the lawmakers and they want to make sure that the writers and publishers are fairly compensated and they don't want the evil digital service providers to be able to hoodwink the writers out of the money that they deserve. I get tired of it, quite frankly, because the reality of it is that the evil streaming providers like Spotify and others, they're in league with, they are owned by, they have stakeholders of major labels and of other music business interests. So if you want to be fairly compensated as a creative, you need to look no further than the middlemen and the people that you signed so you're saying uh, it's like an, an agreement all, it's with. It's all kind of a conflict of interest. It's it's just odd. And, and it's, you know, they always make the claim that these users, things like Spotify and new technologies are not paying enough. When in reality, when you try and you go with open hand or when you try to do a license agreement in certain circumstances with the rights holders, they fold their arms and they say it's not enough. So I I think it's a little disingenuous. So in reality, the public aren't the users. Pretty much Spotify is the user. (laughs) They're using all the people. (laughs) They're the user. And, you know, it's like people like to demonize them because of how little they pay to the songwriters. But let me, let me say, uh, being an artist who was an artist back in the 80s, you know, in the 90s, this would be a very unpopular opinion. But to some degree, don't you think those artists back then were like overcompensated? I'm sorry, like it's almost like Major League Baseball players. They made so much money. And, and the thing is now they're just not making that money anymore. So now they want to go back to that money. But right. That well, money, that money I, was kind of ridiculous, man. That I totally me- agree. It's, it, it, I mean, I have spent my entire life, my entire career working on behalf of songwriters and publishers and rights holders. And I can tell you that it works on a false economy. I mean, we've talked about this before on the podcast. I mean, if you and I write a song at lunch and six months later, it appears as a number one on a country chart, we will have made for our our lunch and work product, we will have made in excess of a million dollars. Well, yeah, Do you think that's a real economy? Well, it's well, not. I think I think the reality should be somewhere in the middle. I think the days of like Jagger's worth a half a billion dollars. These guys, like Dylan, these these guys are st- stupid rich. You know, from being rock stars and songwriters. 
it's kind of ridiculous in, in, in reality of people like, you know, who work hard. So you write one little song. Okay. I get it to a degree, but I think, I think the whole world is imbalanced. Well, I mean, I think that you, what you find is now there's this massive, massive confluence or I don't know what the word is. I mean, basically you got these people that are aggregating all these catalogs and they're putting millions, hundreds of millions of dollars in and they're buying up all the rights and they're buying up all the control associated with the copy. I think it's guys like Dylan and Neil Young screwing the publishing company. Yeah, I'll sell for $300 million. I'm 80. Who cares? Take it. I'll take a half a billion dollars. Well, they're just taking the money, right? Right. You know, know, and they're not going to recoup that. I'm sorry. Well, the people that are buying the catalogs, I mean, it's a fairly sure bet that the value is just going to go up. The value of the copyrights continues to go up because people continue to fight about the idea of what they're really worth in the marketplace as far as the licensing fees are concerned. So you get these, you know, factions going to Washington. It's like, we're going to fight for this. We're going to keep this going. Of course, the people with billions of dollars to invest are like, nobody's ever going to turn their back completely on the copyright law. Anyway, so yeah, so maybe I'm wrong, you know, being an artist. No, you're right. I mean, it's a false economy. Funny, because that question we ask in our questions, what do you see success as? It's probably why the answer now is never to be a big millionaire rock star, because it's not there anymore to be that. And actually, Carl, it's what does a successful music career look like to you just to get it right? (laughs) Well, okay. So speaking of money, if singers, songwriters, and artists may need some. So here's a word from our sponsor. And right after, you'll hear another single from Of C.N. Stone called Ordinary Things. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by MCR Crowdfund. MCR Crowdfund, the premier crowdfunding platform for indie music artists. Get the best elements of crowdfunding without all the hassle. To learn more, go to mcrcrowdfund.com. Again, that is mcrcrowdfund.com.
think it's kind of um i like how it kicks in you know it starts off slow but then like it kind of it kicks in and like you know rides rides its way out. i like it well i like their vocals too i like how they took the song in that direction and this is actually the song that kind of made me become a fan of them and and turned me on to them when we were doing that research so i guess like carl said it drew me in so i, I really enjoyed it they seem real authentic you know they seem real true to the genre they're doing you know like you know like it doesn't seem forced like they they chose a genre to be cool about it seems like it's truly what they like so we spoke to them this week and they answered a couple of questions so let's get to know them a little bit better because it's the questions of the week segment so the first question that we asked them is tell us a little bit about yourself let's hear what they had to say hi i'm morgan and i'm luke and we're of sea and stone we're a folk Americana duo who met on Tinder. Yes, we uh, both swiped right on each other in uh, the fall of 2013. Um, took a little while for us to actually meet in person, but in January of 2014, uh, we decided to meet up and play some music. Yeah, so I thought we were going to sing a song together, um, Poison and Wine by the Civil Wars, actually, uh, to give the Civil Wars a shout out. I love that song. And I pulled up, this is in Columbia, Missouri, my hometown. Uh, Luke was there for school at Mizzou. And I pulled up in the Target parking lot, so maybe we'd go inside and get a coffee at the coffee shop in there. And instead, he just waves his hand and motions me to follow and drives away in his gold Mustang. And I guess I just thought it was fate and I followed him, which I would not recommend that everyone <laughs> follow in my footsteps with that. Um, but we drove back to his place. Yeah, it worked out. And fine. we sang together and um, it's been amazing ever since. When I heard our voices blend in harmony, I just had never heard anything like that. I've done training with other singers for a long time and we were lucky that we had that blend and decided we have to do something about it. Well, that's kind of interesting. So they don't tell you how the name came about. Maybe later on they'll, they'll explain to us. But Definitely an interesting story. Um, but, I mean, that happened almost a decade ago now. I mean, 2023 is going to be here in a year. So it'll be their nine-year anniversary, believe it or not. The second question we asked them is, what are you working on now? Let's see what they said. So right now we are in the middle of releasing a series of singles. Uh, they're actually a concept album. We basically told the story that we wanted to tell, but we were releasing it as chapters. And each chapter, you know, tells the next part of that story. And each piece of artwork with the single uh, illustrates the next part of that story as well. Yeah, so it gives like a nice visual to the lyrics of the story surrounding this couple. Um, and that strategy will go into 2022. Um, the story won't finish till probably summer of 2022. And we'll release a vinyl with the full story as well. So that's been pretty exciting to kind of be creative with that and um, share that with our fans a little bit at a time. Um, we're also touring around Missouri, which is our home state. Um, we'll be in Idaho in October for some tour dates as well. Um, and then hopefully for 2022, we're just aiming to get back on the road touring fairly full time again. Um, 
after things are a little bit more back to normal. Um, and yeah, we're always songwriting. We just mm-hmm. do a lot of that. So Comes there'll be that. more songs to come. I like the idea of doing the concept album, like doing single at a time and doing the like what we used to call song cycles. Yeah, I think that's cool. And I think that uh, that actually uh, got me more interested to follow along because you get to hear a different chapter. Okay, so the next question we asked them was, so what other music artists have inspired your music career so far? The Sarah Bareilles question. <laughs> right, I think, well, yeah. First off, I have a feeling the Civil War it's is just going to be, be in Civil there. Wars, yeah. Right. Right. So I would say, you know, our musical influences, there's a pretty wide range. Uh, early on for me, uh, I think John Mayer is probably the person who most made me want to get into music. And um, uh, Coldplay, too. But they both kind of are similar in that they're very lyrically driven and uh you know their songs have a lot of meaning to them and uh that kind of continued with the civil wars as we mentioned before obviously a big influence the avid brothers jason isbell um the lumineers yeah the lumineers um but really you know our our main influence is is anyone who writes songs with a message so there's a lot of people that that aren't that well known that they're also big influences on us just because uh, the way they're writing songs speaks to us. And, um, and that's really what we hope comes across as our biggest influence whenever we write and release music. Yeah, absolutely. Um, We hope those same things come through with our writing. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. All right. You want to get to the last question we asked them? We asked them one final question. That is, what does a successful music career look like to you? So a successful music career to us would be we are able to tour fairly full time and keep holidays off and just taking some vacation time as well. But we're affording being on the road and being with our fans and we're living comfortably. We don't need much, but just being able to like share our songs and our music and not have to have that daytime job or um, the part-time job, it would be the world to us um, if our songs are touching people and we're able to just go and share them with them live. Yeah, for sure. I think if if we're paying the bills and um, music is what we're devoting most of our time to, uh, we're in a good spot. And then I think from an artistic standpoint, just if people are – paying attention to the songs and mm-hmm. and the songs resonate with people and they feel like we have something to say that to me is is uh success in music you know the the whole point of doing it is to you know have something to say and and have people agree that it's worth saying absolutely and just finding that audience mm-hmm. even though it doesn't have to be big they're the people that are our tribe mm-hmm yeah, so so jazz money is what they're talking about, like which I love, like being able to just make a living doing the music, not having to get a real job, and and again, getting people that just like what you're doing and 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 touching people. So you're right. So having that, even if it's five people or three people, or when you're in a room, like in a, after you play a gig and someone comes up to you and says, you know, that song really touched me, man. It really um. No, I'm excited to kind of. Uh 
hear no, you're what, you're super excited. I'm super excited. That's right. I am super excited to hear what they come out with in the in the coming months and into the new year, which it's crazy that we're almost through October and soon it'll be Thanksgiving and Christmas and then we'll be right into 2022. So And we have to find out what of sea and stone where that We comes will. From. I'll find out from Morgan and we'll kind of do a follow-up uh next episode and let everyone know. So do we have anything to rant about? I feel like Greg ranted about the fact that we are in the midst of a streaming services. When are they supposed to release, you know, the the, the numbers? Mm, I want to say soon. I, they should be releasing to the public within the next like couple of months at least, if not sooner, right, Greg? Yeah, and it won't be enough and, you know, the people that are made self-important or are self-important by the fact that they go up there and complain that it's not enough. They'll continue to take their paychecks. Um, so, you know, people in the music industry need to take a good, hard look at um, exactly how genuine they are in uh, the debacle that uh, writers find themselves in. We need to look at the, what the major publishers are doing and what the major labels are doing. And um, we need to start there. Where? <laughs> Where's there, Greg? In the hot we tub. Need to, we, <laughs> we, need to t- we need to take a look at uh, the people that we've actually signed our rights over to, how they're representing our uh, best interests. All right, everyone. That's it for this episode. Make sure that you listen through through the end for We All Say Forever, which is the last single we'll play from Of Sea and Stone. Uh, for everything that we talked about through this episode and for the links to anything that you want to listen to, you can go to 9420.com. That is the numbers 94 and the letters T-W-E-N-T-Y. Until next time, we'll talk to y'all later. Heard from a friend you were looking to leave Won't be surprised it was news to me I won't ask you to stay or beg and please We all say forever we don't know what it means We were never very good about saying goodbye not that easy with those tears in your eyes If you love them, let them go, just never fail We were never very good about saying goodbye Try to work out a deal with 
looking to leave At least we tried to get on our feet I guess it's true that the truth will set you free We all say forever we don't know what it means We all say forever we don't know what it means 